and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward in the Sales Chat Show studio. My two colleagues, Mr. Phil Jessen and Mr. Graham Jones are with me once again. And this episode, we are going to be talking about the subject of trust. So this episode is entitled, Are You Aware of the One Big Selling Mistake That Will Make Your Customers Distrust You? So I'm not sure if I'm being absolutely honest that salespeople or the sales profession would feature very high in the top 10 list of the most trusted professions in the world, right? And that's a real shame because I think a lot of that is to do with very outdated thoughts on uh, how salespeople behave. So having said that, that is probably the reality. Uh, And I was working with one of my clients in the pharmaceutical sector and was sharing something with them um, from a book called The Trusted Advisor, uh, written by Professor David Meister from Harvard, in which David outlined in the book four principles of trust and then also an actual kind of mathematical scientific formula for trust but more more of that later so i'm going to i'm going to kick off by just outlining the four trust principles and then we'll go to my esteemed colleagues for their thoughts and perspectives so the four trust principles are are firstly there is a focus on the other so the, the customer will perceive that you are focused on them uh, not just as a means to an end but but you know as a as a as an ongoing kind of concept you know for to help them there is a collaborative approach to relationships so true collaboration being this real inclination to to work together to find the best solution and the best outcomes a medium to long-term relationship perspective and i think this is a really interesting one where so many salespeople are driven by quarterly targets or or quotas that they have to achieve. I feel certain Mr. Jones will have something to say on the subject of sales targets. I don't think we'll be able to escape that one. And then the fourth one was a habit of being transparent in one's dealings with uh, your your customers. And of course, David David Meister's point here was about you as an advisor or a consultant to to your customers. So I think that's very much in sort of line with modern thinking on what what selling and and sales relationships should be i don't think he's meaning you are totally transparent in fact you like betraying all your cost prices or anything like that all the time but is a, is a, it is this general feeling of transparency or approach to transparency so there's kind of four four interesting ones there for us to to think about i'm going to go to our, our resident psychologist mr graham jones because he may have a perspective on this topic 
I do. Trust me, I'm a psychologist. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's interesting you said about, you know, salespeople are likely to be in a list of not very trusted people. I can tell you that of the top 10 professions in the world that people say they don't trust, uh, salespeople are three of the top 10. So different kinds of salespeople are three of the top 10 least trusted. However, you're a long way. Every profession in that list is a long way behind in terms of levels of mistrust compared with the number one on the list. And number one on the list where 78% of the population say they do not trust this profession, that profession is politicians. So yeah. eight out of 10 people do not trust politicians at all. Um, and actually, that ties into some psychological research. So the University of Columbia in New York has done lots of research on trust and how we trust people. And they have demonstrated quite clearly in lots of studies over many, many years that actually the number one contributor to whether or not you trust someone is whether or not they demonstrate that they care for you as an individual. Yeah. And clearly, politicians pretend they care for us as individuals, but we can all detect they're doing it for their own ends. Uh, so they're in that position of power because they want to be that person, they want to have mm. influence. It's all about them, it's not about us. And actually for salespeople, that's really important because I bet that if you go back through, uh, you know, the whatever it is, 200 episodes or thereabouts of the sales chat show, you will find us talking about, see it from your customer's perspective more times than anything else. And that's about trust, that when you show that you care for the person on the other side, they will then start to trust you. So over 50% of what contributes to whether or not you trust someone is how much does that someone show they care about you, your situation, your concerns. So if a salesperson's going in and, you know, here's all my bright new shiny toy that I've got to sell you without asking about the other person, about their work, about anything else. In other words, if you start with yourself and you don't start with them, they're not going to trust you. So that University of Columbia research kind of backs up David Meister's yeah. concept about that focus on the other. Yeah. And actually collaboration would also have a focus yeah. on the other because if you don't have that, you can't do it. It would also potentially be a longer-term relationship perspective. So you would sacrifice a short-term gain maybe for yourself as a salesperson because the wrong thing to do for the longer-term relationship with the customer, wrong thing for the customer. Yeah, that's fascinating. And, and it, the transparency, I guess, is is maybe not as not as overtly connected to that, but it's it's very interesting. It's very it's, interesting. It's just it's a bit like dating. It's the same principle that if you're you know going out to woo someone and uh, you know you want to have a long term relationship with them, all the time you sit there talking about yourself over dinner, the less interested they become in you. Even if you're telling them how much money you've got available, the fact that you've got you know all these houses and places all around the world that you can uh, take them to that you've got a yacht in monaco and all the rest of it all of that kind of stuff uh you know might be impressive but actually they're not interested because all you're showing is you're interested in yourself you're not interested in them and yeah. so if you show when you're dating that you're interested in them and tell them hardly anything about yourself they know that you care for them and therefore they trust you and like you and guess what? Those relationships tend to last. So when you, you know, 
when you're in a long-term relationship and you're more interested in what's happening with your partner, then that's going to last a long time. So let me let me just before I come to <clears throat> before I come to you, Phil. <clears throat> just want to pick up on Graham's comments about that um, that they the concept number one drivers they care for you uh, more than more than you seem to be looking after yourself or caring for yourself. Because uh, let me add in the trust equation, which I think is a, it's a lovely it was a it's a lovely little model that the uh, that Professor Meister pulled together. So it's um, it's got the letter T. Uh, so trust equals. And then there are three uh, three factors um, in uh, above the line, and then there's one below the line. So the one below the line is the sort of the the, the divisor of the ones above line. So if you increase any of the three factors above the line in the formula, trust goes up. And those are your personal credibility. So you kind of know what you're talking about. You're coming across as competent, as professional. So things like being well-planned and prepared, and you know what you're talking about about all of those sort of things, which links, I think, to Robert Cialdini's authority principle. There's the reliability. So you do what you say you're going to do. Like, that's a bit of an old chestnut, but it's quite common. That's a big cause of customer dissatisfaction is a lack of reliability. And then there is the intimacy, the safety or security somebody feels when, say, entrusting us with confidential information, which is a very important part of really understanding what's going on inside the customer's organisation, maybe the political landscape. They'll feel comfortable sharing some quite sensitive stuff with you if they believe you're not going to and to your point about the politicians being mistrusted so much the one that obviously you know divides all of these or decreases the perception of trust is your perceived orientation to yourself your self-orientation kills all the basically kind of i guess kills all the others off or or certainly diminishes them enormously so you know i think we've got to look for ways to turn up the volume on credibility, reliability, and the, you know, the intimacy that we enjoy with our customers in the professional sense of that word, of course. And then how do we kind of manage our, our self perceptions of self-orientation, I suppose. So, you know, all human beings have a certain degree of rational self-interest. So, you know, that's, that's, certainly... that, that, that's where things like CRM systems come into play because the more information you collect about any customer or any contact yep. that you or anybody else in the organization has with that customer, the more intimacy you can have with that customer because you understand them even more. Yeah. So sometimes people kind of see a CRM system as a, um, you know, a box ticking exercise. You know, I met them on this day, but actually recording notes and data and reflecting on what happens enables you to have that greater intimacy with the customer. So you can use those systems really, really well in order to increase that bond that you have with them. And as a result, they don't want to let go of that bond. They trust you. They know that you understand their business really well. They know that you care about them. They know you're reliable. They're going to carry on doing business with you. Yeah. Almost regardless of, you know, they'll forgive things like product quality not being as good as a competitor, maybe, because those other things matter more. Yeah, so even absolutely. though you want to be selling the best quality products and you want to be using the feedback from them to your operations people to improve the quality of the products, actually, they're more likely to buy lower quality products because they trust the business more because you understand them more. Yeah, I love the points on the CRM system. We've got to 
people have just got to shift their thinking perspective from, oh my God, it's an admin exercise put in the minimum to let's make sure this is a resource gold mine of of you know information on our customers so we understand them better than yeah. any of our competitors mr jesson your thoughts uh, yeah i've uh, just need to make a quick phone call after graham's uh, tips yeah is it yeah, yeah. S- sell the yacht in monaco yeah sell it now yeah yeah thank you right okay um i can just um, <laughs> I can. T- <laughs> Even I thought that was funny. Yeah, um, it was good. It was good. Yeah, get, get rid of okay. the yacht. I mean, like, don't worry about the fact I was coming out for my summer holidays on your yacht in Monaco. Yeah. No, never mind. There you go. Um, no, I, I think one of the important things around this issue of trust is for, uh, and I'll call this sales leaders now, for, for sales leaders yeah. to be real. Uh, and what I mean by that, it's all about authenticity. I think if people that are working for a sales director, if they can't actually get what that sales director is about, if they can't work him or her out, it is a major problem. And of course, um, um, also what I mean by real, you may remember the Charles Handy comment years ago about take your daughter to work with you. And if you did take your daughter to work with you, would she recognize the person that she then sees? Or do you become this assertive monster using all sorts of strange language and Machiavellian techniques that would be a completely alien thing for your daughter to actually see? And uh, I think sadly what often happens when people are newly promoted as sales leaders is that I think they can sometimes move too swiftly into this sort of authoritative figure, often prompted through insecurity on their part. um, And they just become something that people can't actually work out. So I think, I think being authentic is important. And I think also uh, when you look at high performing teams that trust each other implicitly, Um, High-performing teams are not necessarily soft and cuddly and lovey-dovey. What they are is brutally open and honest with each other. And I think a lot of trust comes from being open and honest in our relationships and telling it how it is and helping people deal with those consequences. Um, And also, just on the subject of... Uh, putting the other first. I can remember years ago watching a a business guru on TV. You may remember him, Jerry Robinson. I don't know where he is now. But he did a a series of problems where he went into businesses very much on the coattails, you might say, of John Harvey Jones, who pioneered the approach a good 10 years before this particular TV programme. But Jerry Robinson was talking to the chief executive of a major hospital and just happened to make the comment, having spent some time with the middle ranking staff in the hospital. But Jerry Robinson said to the chief executive, well, if I could just give you some feedback, uh, I think some of your staff would like to see a lot more of you. And I noticed in my discussions only this morning, that it's been some time 
since the staff in so-and-so ward have actually seen you. And the chief executive turned to the camera and with a rather cheesy grin said, yes, people are my strategy for next year. <laughs> you think, well, why are they your strategy for next year? Why are they not your strategy for this year, for goodness sake? What's that about? So there was a man who was focused on strategy, but clearly not focused on the people who are the ones to actually deliver the strategy. And <laughs> if I could just tell uh, my own personal favourite of being there for the other person, and I may have told you this story before, forgive me if I have, but in my army days on an operational uh, arena, two o'clock in the morning, there I am with my 30 merry men, dealing with all of the pleasures of having to be on duty at 2.30 in the morning. Um, and suddenly the brigadier rocks up with two Land Rovers and a bodyguard or two. Uh, and this is somebody, incidentally, who's managing somewhere between three and 4,000 people. Uh, and he's come to see me. Um, and he rocks up with his flasks of coffee. Uh, and he said to me, well, tell your lads to get their heads down. My, my lads will cover all that needs to be covered for the next hour. I thought we would have a chat. And with that, he starts to pour me from his flask of coffee. He pours me a mug of coffee and uh, he says, right, I, I, I gather you are Philip then. And uh, I gather your fiance's name is so-and-so. And I gather you live in this county. I mean, the, the, what he knew about me was unbelievable. Now, admittedly, he'd probably done his homework before he came to see me. But I have to tell yeah. you, it was delivered in a very personable way and in a very genuine way and was sort of covered not in the way that I've just outlined it but these things popped up in the 45 minute conversation that he was having with me in this sort of guard post in the middle of nowhere uh, and I will always remember that the fact that with you know three and a half thousand people to, to lead and manage he'd actually bothered to get some of the detail right that was important to me he hadn't just turned up to treat me as an army number and I think that was an amazing experience to be on the receiving end of that well that's a real strong focus you know if you, if you think of like within uh, uh, Professor Meister's like focus on the other principle the perception yeah. of self-orientation versus yours and Graham's care for you yeah we obviously know he did his homework right or he somebody he said I'm going to go and see this Jesson chap give me a, give you know give me a bit of information but at least he, he's gone to the trouble yeah. of of doing that and I actually think um in terms of your self-orientation, I've got I've got two examples from um, from the uh, the health service in the UK. Actually, both both lovely stories I've heard recently because of the vaccine rollout. Um, a, a friend of mine who is a chairman of an NHS trust has been volunteering in the to park cars in the car park as <laughs> per one of the vaccination centres. You know, as as because uh, he thought that would be that would be something that would be be useful. And then um, another another friend of ours um, when they first started the rollout um, where they were, it was you know they were moving at pace, so maybe things weren't entirely uh, fully ready. And an, an eminent cardiologist gave up consultant, senior consultant, very uh, eminent uh, in his field, turned up to help out on a Sunday and very embarrassed 
person said, actually, um, the only thing that we need is somebody to go and direct cars in the car park. And so the eminent surgeon, rather than going, do you know who I am? Or surely you can make use of my ability, said, excellent, popped on his high visibility jacket and had a very enjoyable day um, uh, in the car park. So maybe the car park is the common thing, but I think it's just the their orientation wasn't about either of them. It wasn't about themselves. It was, how can I help? How can yeah. I be part of the team? I've, how can I help? No matter how, I mean, as if that's not an important job, all of the jobs there are important, but I think their actions are showing, you know, that they're not yeah. all yeah. about themselves. I remember years ago, I used to do freelance work for the Times newspaper. And I remember um, going in one day and then preparing for a visit from the owner, Rupert Murdoch. And, um, I, you know, obviously never met him and wasn't going to either because I wasn't going to be there the next day. But I said, you know, what's he like? And actually, even though um, there are lots of negative stories about Rupert Murdoch's wielding of power and so on, uh, you find it very hard to find people who've worked closely with him saying bad words about it. Interesting. Uh, and um, my colleague who was the editor on the times that I was working for uh, at that time he said the interesting thing is he knows everyone every employee everywhere in the world he knows or at least they think he does and he said yeah the, this editor was with him on the tour that he had you know the previous six months or whatever it was and he said he went into the telephone room where you'd got uh, people answering their telephones, and he says to, you know, the woman answering the phone, oh, hello, Angela, you know, how are you? Uh, how's your children? I, I think Stephen's about to start university, is he? And, of course, she's amazed. Now, he's had somebody brief him. Yeah, so they've done all the research, they've briefed him, and he remembers all of that when he does his tour. So he's very well briefed, remembers it very well, but the person on the other end believes that, they, they trust him as an employer because clearly he's thinking about them and he's not thinking about himself. Now, he's a canny businessman who knows that if I make my staff think that I think about them, they're going to put in a lot of effort for me. So clearly it works for him, but they trust him. That was the, the crucial thing about that. And I think it's the one of the things that I often hear salespeople say is in situations of, you know, I'm saying you've got to remember all of this and see everything from the customer's perspective. And they go, oh, I've got 423 customers to see. How am I expected to remember all of that? Well, Rupert Murdoch remembered all of that for tens of thousands of staff. Now, once he's walked out of that telephone room, he'll have forgotten it. But at the time it was crucial, he remembered it. And yeah. so you can use your CRM, you can use your own personal notes, just brief yourself in the car park. We're back to the car park again. Brief yourself in the car park before you go and see that customer and then write some notes afterwards and then forget it until a month later when you see them again. You don't have to remember it. You don't have to actively remember it. But actually what they will perceive is that you are focused on them. You understand them. You're seeing it from their perspective and their trust in you goes right up. So let me pull together there's a few there's a few themes here because we've spoken about sales managers, sales leaders building trust with their salespeople by using some of these concepts and ideas, and then of the salespeople themselves building trust with the customers. So I think the the principles of focus on the other, collaboration, medium to long-term relationship and transparency work in both of those cases, whether you're external or internal. 
And then you know, how credible do you come across as a sales manager or a salesperson? Reliability, intimacy, and that self-orientation by those sort of selfless acts of leadership, I suppose, without wishing to sound too too grandiose, but showing that you care about your team and then your team will care about your customers. So I think, you know, to pull those together, we've talked about trust internally and we've talked about trust externally. So, you know, what I'll sometimes say is, to, to, to working with folks looking after customers that the strength of your internal relationships affects the strength of your external relationships are kind of how joined up and aligned you are so probably you know to build on that that is the amount of trust you've got inside your sales organization inside your sales team will affect their ability to build those trusted relationships externally as well and if they trust you they're just not going to be going anywhere else because there is yeah. a huge risk of moving away from a trusted, tried and tested and proven supplier that you've got a good level of intimacy and understanding with, that's going to be very, very difficult for your competition to steal yeah. those sort of customers. They can try coming in with a lower price. I think trust trust has value, and I'd be really interested to see how low somebody would have to discount before a price was more attractive than the trusting than the trusting relationship that will be a that will be an interesting mathematical formula to, <laughs> have, a, to have a to have a look at gentlemen any closing thoughts uh, ju just one I, I i think that um i i've i've been laboring you know be real yeah um, and i and i think sometimes um sales leaders want to be rather heroic and strong in what they do but there's nothing wrong with being a little bit vulnerable. It is actually quite an attractive quality when a senior person says to a junior person, uh, I'm not quite sure I've got this right. I could really do with your help on this one. Uh, that, that is something that will go down really well. And it's real, it's a human situation. The trust will come from that. The alternative of Blagging, the, blagging our way through it, hoping that we can conjure up some solution halfway through uh, and it will all come right. It could, it could be fatal. So, no, I, I, I think it, it is about being authentic. It's about being the real person. And I think people find it impossible to trust us if they don't know us. And if they are going to know us, then best that they know the real person, not the mask that we've chosen to put on. Yeah, I had a, um, an experience many, many years ago in a large corporate where we downsized or the organized, we proposed a big downsizing exercise and several hundred people were going to lose their jobs as a result of this downsizing activity. And I and many other people were potentially in the, you know, in the firing line for this. And I remember at one stage, you know, one of the quite senior managers talking to a group of us and said, I'm feeling really nervous and uncertain. And he said, I'm in, I could be, I could be losing my job as well, the same as you. He says, I'm feeling really nervous. I'm feeling really uncertain, you know. And he said, and I wish, I wish I could pretend I wasn't, he said, but I am. And that's how I'm feeling. And I said, you know, I know you're feeling like that as well, right? And then we start, then we start have this conversation about how is it. So and we I think we we're all a bit amazed because sort of for some reason, I don't know, thought he was like this impervious, I don't know senior senior leader and he just said i'm feeling you know he showed his you know nervousness uncertainty fear at losing his job i'm really not certain what the future's going to have and you know it's a pretty horrible place to be isn't it and we're all like bloody hell you know that's a that's a you know 
piece of very frank and honest honest communication and i think my respect for him <clears throat> skyrocketed skyrocketed in no way in no way did that vulnerability <clears throat> to use your word make him seem a, a weaker mm. uh manager <clears throat> or anything like that in fact i think quite the opposite graham anything uh, in closing and just one thing one final piece of news just in um, I've just checked eBay, and um, Phil's yacht is currently for sale, his yacht from Monaco, and I've just checked that the, there are no bids on it at the moment, and if anybody's interested, um, it, the description does say that it will fit in any bath. <laughs> <laughs> so so get, in there, get in there while you can. I was... I was approached a couple of years ago with a, an inquiry. Um, and it, it, unfortunately, it never went anywhere. To, to, they needed someone to speak at their conference, and they were the um, Luxury Super Yacht Brokers Association or something. And I was thinking, that just sounds like my sort of speech to give. Or to. But unfortunately, um, unfortunately, that event never, as far as I'm aware, never, never, never took place because that would have been that would have been rather nice, wouldn't it? So uh, you talking... could waive your speaker fee in, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. in exchange for a yacht. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I'll, I'll have a I'll have a word with my friends in a minute, Simon. We'll get this we'll is get this is excellent. In. Yes, he has friends in high places, folks. So we'd like to wish you all the very best of success. If you are a sales manager, sales leader, building that that kind of trust with your people, use these principles, have a think about them, and definitely, of course, sellers with your with your customers. I think some great practical kind of points there, and just remembering probably the most important thing was the university of columbia the number one thing that drove that trust was did they think you cared about them <clears throat> so men keep keep i probably keep that in mind uh, resonating in your ears as we finish this episode so as as graham mentioned earlier there's about 200 episodes now in the back catalog of the sales chat show so um available from wherever you choose to get your podcast so if you subscribe to the sales chat show you'll get automatically uh, uh, notified when we uh, update episodes which we do on a regular basis and in the meantime from everybody at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling folks You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. Good.